It's the Adam Ragusa. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it's the Adam Ragusa podcast, episode 57. Uh, with me is my lovely wife, Lauren, recording this on Mother's Day. That's right. Yeah. Best mother I know right here. Aww. And we are going to talk about some, um, you know, sort of like home cooking time savers and efficiencies that we have been uh, learning about lately, experientially, as we have uh, tried to institute more strict evening mealtime with the kids. Um, and we're making them eat or at least try what we eat, right? Yes. Um, Although what we eat, <laughs> we have been to that quite a bit. Well, we'll get there. But what we <laughs> want to talk about first is kind of like our favorite like new hot tip to share. And this is hashtag not an ad. Um, what is this, honey? It is from Trader... I bought it at Trader Joe's, but it's not Trader Joe's. Hold brand. it up for the people on home video. It is crushed frozen cubes of garlic. Each cube is supposed to be one clove of garlic. And they're frozen and you can pop them out. And the garlic seems to be almost pureed, right? Like it's nearly yeah. liquefied. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, I mean, this particular brand, which comes from Israel, uh, ingredients are garlic, water, sunflower oil, probably there to prevent some oxidation, um, and sea salt. Oh, and there's salt it. in it. I didn't know there was salt in it. I mean, just as a preservative, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. We also um, have ginger. So, and they make ginger too. They make tiny little frozen squares of garlic and of ginger. And I got the ginger at Target. Why is this so darn revolutionary? This is the first instant garlic product that I, can, I, I person, that Ragusia <laughs> gets the Ragusia seal of approval. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Um, Hashtag not an ad. So when I was in college before you came along, mm. I used the jar of garlic. Jar of garlic, right? Which is not terrible. Yeah, and it was. I didn't know, and it was fine. Yeah, I don't think I at that point even knew how to like break garlic down. <laughs> is that the international symbol for break break garlic down? <laughs> break it down, smash it, chop it, okay, peel it, etc. Um, and then you came along at about the same time that I listened to Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. Where, which is a book where he has like a funny but regrettable line about garlic. Do you yeah. remember what he says? He says, that's not, or no, he talks about what comes out of the end of a garlic press. That's not garlic, yes. he says. Yeah, if you're too lazy to prepare garlic, you don't deserve to eat garlic, is yeah. what Anthony said. Which in we, that first book. Super duperty ableist, not yeah. nice thing to say, but. Yeah, and, 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 that, and that he completely retracted yes. later in his life. He was just yes. like, I was an angry cook. I was ho hopped up like on. like to have strong opinions. Yeah, exactly, you know. Yeah. And and no, he, he he would not have said that again yeah, later right. on in his life. And so then I, at that time, because I had an Italian boyfriend and listened to Anthony Bourdain, I started using real garlic, mm. which is delicious. Sure is. And I literally never used anything but real garlic. We've been, what, 17 years together? Mm -hmm, yeah. Until, and I'm sorry, I don't know if you know this, but What's I that? saw these uh -huh. um, on the Bon Appetit website. Oh, you <laughs> In my own home. <laughs> so this is not no. like, oh, I discovered a thing. I was like, no, the internet told me about a thing and I bought it and it's great. <laughs> BA folks love you. Big fan. <laughs> I was before I started doing this for a living and now I can't really watch any other food content on YouTube lest it kind of drive me insane. No. Um, gets in my head. But okay. I use so, these all the time for everything yeah, now. These are incredible. This yeah. is like the garlic solution that I've been waiting for. And let's talk about why it works because we've tried everything and in fact we've tried everything on a video remember that oh yeah the paste and yeah the... we did a, like one of my first videos yeah that was a fun one we yeah. tasted all the different it was a garlic yeah. alternative taste test right yeah 
That was fun. And that was fun. And, but, you know, garlic powder is fantastic stuff. It just mm. doesn't taste like garlic, right? And it like, burns. Um, yeah, and it burns really, really mm. badly. Um, well, all garlic burns badly, but dried garlic burns badly because it doesn't have water. And so it burns more readily. Yes. Um, so garlic powder is delicious, but it's kind of, I always describe, it's more like, as dried mushrooms are to mushrooms, right? Like it not the same thing. I think it tastes like garlic smells. Hmm, interesting. In the, you know what I mean? I Okay, well, hold that thought. We might get there. Oh. Okay, the jarred garlic <laughs> tends to be okay, but it just lacks punch. It's mellow. Punch. Yeah, it's exactly. very mellow. It's too mellow. Garlic in a tube, same thing, but even worse, right? Like it just it's, tends to have it, no it punch a, whatsoever. Or it has like a weird sickly sweet taste to it. Well, because they try all kinds of, they try all kinds of different preservatives yeah. to get around the fundamental problem that I am now going to elucidate. Okay. Which, is that the right word for that? Is that even a word? Yes, it okay. is a word and you used it correctly. Okay. Because it sounds like the kind of thing people would just say to- No, it's real. Sound like they're going to elucidate something. It's like, oh- your vocabulary is ostentatious. I mean, it is a little bit ostentatious. I know. It's just it's funny and, that the word ostentatious is, yeah. is itself ostentatious. Go ahead and elucidate. For I us. will elucidate. Okay. So the problem with prepared garlic products is that the primary chemical component of garlic that we know and love from the taste of it. I mean, there's lots, but the one that really makes it different from any other allium, any other onion, garlic is a kind of immature onion base, bulb, basically. Um, what makes it different from all other alliums is this chemical called allicin, which is created when you damage the garlic, when you crush the garlic, cut the garlic. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, there's two other chemicals in there that get, they're normally kept segregated by cell walls. And when they are able to come together, they create this thing called allicin and that is the how would you describe the heat of garlic yeah it's got like a spicy it's, yeah it's spicy in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell them that story we went to this really wonderful restaurant here in Knoxville. The food is incredible. And was it JC Holdaway? It was. Yeah, that's a good place. I'll highly recommend. JC Holdaway, downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Go. But we ordered the dessert and it came with ice cream. And what they did not tell us, and I think the waitress didn't even know because they changed the ice cream flavor frequently, yeah. is that the ice cream had like chili powder in it or something. Which, by the way, like. No. No. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Don't do that. Um, anyways, I took a big bite of ice cream and it was like, it you know, doesn't hit you immediately. Like I swallowed it and then afterwards my tongue was burning and I don't know. I just said to you, it's spicy in my mouth. In my mouth. <laughs> and, and you've never let me forget it. And now the internet knows. <laughs> it's like, well, where, where, where exactly else would it be spicy, honey? Well, one of our children likes to say that his lips are spiced up. Well, this is the thing because capsaicin, the stuff that's in chili, uh, will affect uh, these pain receptors that you have in all of your mucous membranes, mm. not just the ones that are in your mouth. So, and so there are ass. there are spots <laughs> like the eyes mm -hmm. and perhaps even more sensitive areas of the body where yeah, yeah don't cut peppers and then go to the bathroom. Yeah, don't cut peppers and go to the bathroom. <laughs> that, legit, like you will have a problem. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, Allison. And uh, similar things that are in like ginger and, you know, lots of uh, horseradish, right? What they do is they, they don't act, I don't think they act upon the same pain receptor that registers um, 
that registers capsaicin, or if they do, they act upon it very differently. It's a different thing. But fundamentally, it's still um, you know, a piece of food that you're eating, and in addition to the taste and smell sensations that it provokes in you, it also acts on pain receptors that you have in your mouth. And it's very easy for all of that to sort of become flavor in our minds. And yeah. arguably, all of that is flavor, um, the sum total. Well, because so, you were saying that it comes from when you like disrupt the garlic yes. and the texture of this is like that technique mm-hmm. when you instead of you like mince the garlic and then you take the flat of your knife on the cutting board and, and you, you smash like it, smash it or you grind it down with some yeah. salt or something like that. And that's the texture. of Yes. This. And I think that might be the more the result of the being packaged with salt mm-hmm. and then being frozen and then that would mm-hmm. cause it to sort of. A lot of cell walls to rupture or leak or something, right? Um, But whatever. So the point is, is that allicin is the pungency in garlic. It's the main thing that you kind of want in garlic, in fresh garlic at least. Um, And it doesn't work in prepared garlic products because it starts to uh, break down the second that it is brought into being, right? Mm -hmm. The half-life of allicin uh, in an aqueous solution, room temperature, water in a watery solution, right? Uh, Half-life of allicin is, according to one study I was looking at this morning, two and a half days. I think I've seen some others that would indicate it's even shorter, right? So it starts to go away the instant it, you you create it. And so if you chop up some garlic in advance of your recipe, right, it'll taste great in the refrigerator, you know, for today. Tomorrow it'll be a bit, little bit less powerful, and the next day it'll be even less powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And but if it, you flash freeze it, exactly. So this <laughs> is pureed garlic flash frozen in tiny cubes, and what you can do is you just. Sorry, I guess I shouldn't be doing yeah, this. Yeah, please don't get garlic in my mouth. I'm not going to get garlic. <laughs> you just pop it out. It's spicy in my mouth. Shut All up. right, you just pop it out, right? Yeah. You just pop it out directly into your pan. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it melts. And it's, you know, and I've been, ad- as people on the internet have mercilessly made fun of me for it, I have advocated for freezing things in like little cube trays for ever, right? Yeah, bolognese in the ice cube trays, perfection. Yes, the the reason being that you can simply thaw out how much you want. You don't have mm-hmm. to kind of crack off a chunk of ice. Yeah. And then, you know, a big frozen thing with not much surface area takes a long time to thaw. Mm. But if you give it, you know, if it's small, if it's got a lot of surface area relative to its total mass, it thaws instantly. And I made dinner for you tonight for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And, and I just dropped mm-hmm. it straight. In. I'm like, I did some bacon in the mm-hmm. pan. Uh, and then, be, you know, I was gonna, I was about to deglaze with a little bit of white wine, as as one does. The internet just went alive. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I just squeezed one of these out directly into the pan. I kind of bashed at it with the spoon a little bit to accelerate its melting a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, mean, that, I mean, it just fell right apart. I mean, um, when I do like um, steamed broccoli. After I've done steaming the broccoli and I like drain the thing, I uh-huh. put the broccoli back in the pan and then I drop like. a big pat of butter and one of those cubes in and put the lid on and the heat's off and like shake it up and it melt it all melts right away yeah it's 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 legit the the greatest thing i i'm so so impressed by it and they make ginger too and i which is great because dealing with ginger sucks yeah ginger is kind of a pain to cut but so is garlic. And, you know, everyone is, you know, there's already, I'm sure, comments. People are like, they're so <laughs> lazy. Blah, blah, blah. Or you haven't tried this hack to cut the garlic. Okay. It's like, no, I, no, dude. nothing is, it's no, all I've fine. tried all the hacks. <laughs> they're and they all, all fine. work a little <laughs> and save you a little bit of time maybe, but not much. Okay. And please, for God's sake, let's not confuse laziness with efficiency. 
Yeah. If every single time someone was trying to make any system in this world more efficient and everybody was just like, oh, you're just so lazy. Mm. Why don't you, why can't you just walk there? Why do you need a wheel? You know, caveman Bob, why do you need a wheel? Why can't you just carry it? Right. But also, you know, when I'm cooking dinner, however many nights of the week. A lot and, lately. And there's a chance that, you know, the people that I make it for are not going to eat it. <laughs> then the notion that I smashed the garlic and peeled it and then I had to pick up all the little papers and the way and then I had to wash the damn knife and, and the, the garlic paper was sticks because it. yes. it's got the sticky garlic and juice on it. And you've got the cutting board and then, and And so, you know what? At least if my children are going to smell everything on the plate and then be like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't shop garlic. By the so. way, uh, the older one is now, now believes that broccoli is spicy. Because <laughs> I put garlic <laughs> on it. Because you put garlic on it. <laughs> But he ate it, so I didn't care. He did. <laughs> he did. He, he likes he likes he, broccoli a little bit. He, yeah. ate, he ate, ate it all. He kind of makes this face while he's eating it. But he still eats it. Yeah, he ate yeah. it all. He didn't cry, so that was good. <laughs> and, and to be more specific about it, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of cooking that I do where I don't need to get out the cutting board. Like when mm. I make pasta, the only reason I get out the qu- cutting board usually is to the cut garlic, the garlic. Yeah. Okay, so like the tonight the bacon, I snipped it in with scissors. I always do that. It's much easier to do yeah. with scissors, right? Um, and then you know herbs, just tear them in. Uh, mm-hmm. Cheese, just grate it in. Everything mm-hmm. else can just get poured in. Nothing mm-hmm. else needs to dirty the cutting board or the knife, but mm-hmm. the garlic. And then the garlic re- gets it really dirty. You can't just like wipe it down because yeah. it's so smelly and it's Sticks you know to it. it's sticky. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this, what the sort of the frozen cube technology allows me to do is to make more stuff without having to get out the cutting board mm-hmm. and dirty the knife that I'm then going to have to hand wash. Cause you don't want to put a decent knife into a, in a dishwasher. And, uh, yeah, so I, I am sold hundred percent on frozen cubed garlic and ginger. I think this is the mm-hmm. solution I've been looking for and I heartily endorse it. I wonder if they make them with like, if they, or if they made them with other like, frozen cube of basil or frozen cube of rosemary if it would be the same i don't think it would because those well i don't know because they would they these are they they say that they're flash frozen and i don't have any reason to disbelieve that they're flash frozen and flash freezing is just when you use like liquid nitrogen or something to freeze something much faster than you could by just sticking it into the freezer and this results in teeny tiny little ice crystals that are less likely to perforate cell walls to like and you know and that which makes things sort of gummy and brown and whatever so if they flash froze like a like a pressed cube of basil leaves um, I, I feel, I mean, the basil starts to brown so fast and get mm. nasty that I feel just being pressed into the cube shape would probably turn it brown unless you froze it immediately after. I mean, I'm, and I mean immediately. Okay. So I'm thinking <laughs> no. All right. But what other, I mean, what else could this be useful for? Things that you'd use a small amount of really frequently. Is it just for ginger and garlic? Probably. Horseradish? Not a lot of people. Yeah, and that just comes in a jar and tastes fine. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes in a jar and tastes fine. I mean. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some more kind of, you It know, is the end of the day. <laughs> family mealtime efficiency hacks that we have kind of come across recently. But first, if you're looking for some other time-saving tips, well, I would uh, consider upping your personal <laughs> grooming game with Manscaped, sponsor of this episode. Hey, summer's almost here, and you don't want to be the guy at the beach with insufficiently scaped 
man parts or adjacent parts or, or parts of any kind, really. Um, you know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I have the Manscaped beard trimmer, which I used earlier this evening, and my beard is looking... Yeah, it looks really nice. It's Thank not you. scraggly or anything. I actually noticed that when I used the Manscaped trimmer on my beard compared to the cheap like one, like store one that I had mm-hmm. before. Um, wow, the blades are much, much sharper. And so it all goes a lot faster mm-hmm. and uh, and everything is much more even, which I definitely appreciate. And the guides are super, super fantastic. You know, But that's the beard trimmer. Consider upping your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. <laughs> that comes with the Essential Lawnmower 4.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer, a body trimmer for doing anything on... You know, south of the neck, I suppose. Uh, and it's got a ton of other kind of liquid formulations for all your, your grooming routine, all the little poultices and no, that's not what they're called. Um, un, un, unguents, unguents, mm. <laughs> things, creams. The thing that you have an entire, like two large, two large pieces of furniture in our bathroom that's, dedicated to creams. That's too large, not too much yes. large. Two, the number two large mm-hmm. things filled with all of your unguents. And uh, and you can have some unguents of your own out Isn't there. Isn't it just unguents? Unguents, but ungu- unguent sounds more fun to say. Anyway, mm-hmm. with the Performance Package 4.0, which has the cordless full body trimmer and all these other you know creams and things that you can use on, on your, your recently shaved parts. Whether you're trimming your, your chest or uh, any parts further south, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on loose skin and to reduce grooming uh, accidents, thanks to advanced skin-safe technology. The trimmer is so precise that you could even create some simple like shapes with the trimmer, assuming that your body hair is sufficiently dense to create the negative space, you know, by that you would create by clearing it with the trimmer. And like, so, so you, like put a lightning yeah, bolt? <laughs> a lightning bolt, yeah. Um... I'm so fast, ladies. Well, no, that you don't want to say that. Uh, you could say hi, oh my right? God, you could say hi or an arrow pointing somewhere, right? The possibilities are endless. So inside the performance package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which are all exactly what they sound like. Hey, you don't want to get into any you know chafing situations while you're in your, your swimming costume all day long this summer. Uh, you also get the Weed Whacker 2.0, which is for like nose hairs and other tight, t- tight uh, situations. You also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 uh, value, and the patented high-performance, uh, try, try that again, the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. I'm proud of myself that I got that all out. That's a lot that one product can do. And if you're wearing your flippy floppies, you got to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code Ragusia at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code Ragusia at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. Thank you, Manscaped. Anywho. I was... Is- was that last line? Was that? Did you write that? Or? They, they wrote that last line, okay. but a lot of the other funny lo- lines in there I wrote. But like with put their it blessing, on your gravestone. <laughs> with their blessing, oh, I like Manscaped because they have a sense of humor about their products. That's true. That's yeah. true. And they 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 they, they embrace. I, I take the the balls that they send me and I run with them. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. <laughs> You transitioned into that ad and then right back out. 
I got out? <laughs> yeah, No, I, I feel like we're still there. No, we're out. We're out? Okay. Get me out. Get All right. me out. Well, spo- <laughs> for, for legal purposes, you know, if the FTC is, is, is watching, yes, the, the, uh, the sponsorship is now over. And so, yeah, so basically our children... Um, are both terribly fussy eaters. One um, more than the other. One more so than the other. And we kind of gave up at some point (laughs) and really just stopped feeding them. There's certain things I make for them that they love, but not, not many. Right. And we pretty much just, you know, dinner was just a separate thing. There's dinner for the kids and there's dinner for us. Mm -hmm. And now that they're older and the older one especially is, has got like the kind of willpower to really push through some things, Mm -hmm. even if he, even if they really make him uncomfortable, um, we're, we're trying to do family dinner night again. And what have we been doing so far? Like, what have we had? What have been the hits? So I think the most important thing when we started this was that we, A, let go of trying to make them eat the things that we would make for ourselves because Mm. we would make more sophisticated. Also, I mentioned this to you when I was like looking for recipes for things to eat is that the trend right now is like one bowl with all the things in it or a plate that has all the things in it. And Mm. kids don't really eat that way. No, that is not how they Um, eat. If your kids eat that way, bless you. I don't want to hear about no, it. No, but this is a really common thing. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll give a kid they want all the two things. things that they love to eat, but if they touch each other on yeah. the plate, a lot of kids will lose their minds. Yeah. So it was like, try. honestly, it was thinking back to like what I ate in the 90s for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like white rice and peas and, you know... A piece of chicken. So we're hitting the frozen peas hard. Okay. Yeah. There's really, I mean, frozen cubes of garlic are close, but individually quick frozen IQR'd um, uh, peas, sweet peas are just the greatest thing ever for all situations, but especially for kids. They're so easy to make. They're delicious. Um, The kids like them. Um, Though they like to eat them one at a time. Yeah. Would that make sense to me if my mouth were much smaller i just think it seems fun okay. i don't know um but like i made a pasta i i did make a pasta dish that was meant to all be together mm-hmm. but when i gave it to the kids on their plate i did all three pieces separately um it was broccoli pasta and chicken i don't remember it's okay uh, see now, now i'm cooking so many meals that i've lost them But I think the key is, and also the other thing is we give them, I give them very small portions, Mm -hmm, so it's not overwhelming. And it's not tremendously wasteful. Yeah. And you don't have that kind of feeling of like you put this big, beautiful plate plate of handcrafted, freshly harvested, you know, deliciousness in front of them. And you scrape it into the trash. And you scrape it into the trash and it's just, it's soul destroying. Because also like I was looking it up and like kids' portion sizes are actually really small. I know, they're tiny. They're little. I mean, it's the size of their little hand. So like, honestly, we were probably all forced to eat way too much food as children if if you grew up with a clean your plate. You have to clean your plate (laughs) situation. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one the other day you made it and you were like, see, I would, it would never have occurred to me to make this. That's what you said. It would never have occurred to me to make this, but that was so good and so quick. Was it boxed mac and cheese was one component, I think. Oh, yeah. Boxed mac and cheese. There was peas. Not instant mac, not the stuff from the microwave, which is kind of a technical technological marvel that but I want to talk about disgusting. one day, but it's not as good as the Kraft stuff in the box. Kraft macaroni and cheese. Yeah, which is like, man, that hits yeah. every time from the box, from the blue box, works every time. What was the other? I think 
Was it just broccoli? I think it was broccolini. That's what it was. Oh, broccolini. We just got some broccolini, which do not confuse broccolini for broccoli rob. Which is- They look nearly identical. They look like sort of long stringy or baby broccoli-ish sort of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Broccoli rob is unbelievably powerfully bitter. Yeah, broccolini was delicious. Broccolini is just wow. The, yeah. You invited me on here to talk about these meals, and now I remember exactly none of them. That's okay. We got we got there. So so um, it was the broccolini with like you know, just butter and like the frozen cube of garlic on yeah. it. Yeah. Next to the pile of like nuclear orange smooth yeah. Kraft mac and cheese, which was really good. And I, that was like the best dinner I've had in a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. And I'm trying and, to analyze why it worked so well. I don't know. Just that the flavors were nice. Well, so first of all, I mean, one thing, I mean, this is a gospel that I've been preaching for years now, which is that for like a normal weekday meal, if you grew up in kind of the, you know, the Western culinary tradition that we did, the expectation is that like every meal would have at least three components, Mm -hmm. each representing the three major macronutrient groups. There's going to be a protein, there's going to be a a starch, and then (laughs) vegetable is not a major macronutrient group. Unless you count fiber as a major macronutrient, which some people do, and I think I'm one of those people. So there There you go. go. Three of the four major (laughs) macronutrients. You don't need need a fat group on the plate is all I'm saying. Like there's going to be fat and other things, okay? Uh, You don't need that much fat. Fat is great, but you don't need much of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we always got thought like every meal has to have three components. It's got to have a, um, you know, there's going to be a meat, a vegetable and a starch. That's how we grew up eating. Mm -hmm. And everything that doesn't, that isn't three things on a plate for me, when, when I first got out on my own and, you know, cooking for myself, anything that wasn't three items on a plate felt like cheating or a snack or, (laughs) or the way that I would normally eat. But like, I was, you know, what I was a 19 year old man like <laughs> i ate garbage all the time i never ate a real meal you know um so it didn't count to me as a real meal and i just what i've tried to get over in my adulthood is is that right most weekday meals should either be like a bowl of things if mm-hmm. assuming you don't have children who are not going to eat a bowl of things mm-hmm. or they should be two things make a meat and a vegetable or make a starch and a vegetable see although the difference is when i'm when i'm cooking for the kids yeah. because there's a very high chance one of the things on the plate they're not going to like. Because like what I try oh, to do- Oh, you got to hedge your bets. Yeah, I try to give them one thing I know they're going to like, one thing I think they're going to like, and one thing I want them to try. Like yeah. that's what I'm aiming for. And so I do, that's why I have been making like three things. So they get three little piles of things on their plate. Right, yeah. One thing they'll just like house, one thing that they're like, yeah, well, this could be okay. And maybe it'll become a new favorite. And then one thing that I'm like, this is a stretch, but I'm going to make them put it in their mouth and chew and swallow. That's very good thinking. Though I will say that you're, those usually aren't three things you've made from like scratch that are incredibly labor intensive. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. Like a frozen vegetable or a, I've been really trying to, <laughs> um, oh, like- uh, beans, um, canned beans. Yeah. Canned yeah. beans are the beans that are in the pouch that you microwave. Oh, those are nice. Those yeah. Are, oh, that's what it was. I made the black beans. Remember mm, in the, the pouch and the yellow and yellow rice. Yeah. So like packet rice. I've been yeah. doing that a lot. Beans in the pouch were nice for among, among other reasons, just that is a smaller portion than a whole can. And like, mm-hmm. we end up throwing away a lot of beans whenever we like mm-hmm. open up a can of seasoned black beans for the kids. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah, that is the other thing that this doing this has helped with because for a while there were things they would eat, 
But they were like, I will only eat them under these circumstances. Like they love not an ad Chipotle and they would house Chipotle's black beans. I would try to give them black beans and they wouldn't eat them. Yeah. And they would be like. Because they're not the same. Latin seasoned, nearly identical. But they would not eat them. Yeah. And so my goal was to break them of that. It's like, Mm. if you like black beans, you will eat the black beans. Right. (laughs) Like eat all all the black. So, and then also like they love. One of them loves the Chipotle chicken, but wouldn't eat grilled chicken under any other circumstance. And so we're moving past that as well. Yeah. Adam also made, um, which will hopefully be an upcoming recipe, but he made um, chicken fingers, buttermilk chicken fingers. They were so good. (laughs) Thank you for saying so. However, it was a total mess. It it was so much work. And (laughs) like... I have gotten so much flack for like a very early video that I made trying to say that like deep frying is just not really a good thing to do at home. Yes. And I, you know, I intended it as sort of like a, you know, a hot take in the mm-hmm. style that I had written for sort of print publications on the internet for a long time, right? Where you're not supposed to take it literally, right? I'm not saying you should never, ever deep fry at home. I deep fried at home the other day. Mm-hmm. I, I was sort of, I was delivering it with some, some, Humorous hyperbole was my intent, right? And, you know, people either willfully or not disregarded the intent. (laughs) And uh, No. uh, Exactly. Oh, you mean people on the internet internet (laughs) went out of their way to get mad about something that, you know, probably wouldn't have made them mad otherwise if they hadn't made an effort to get mad? Do you know who that sounds like? What's that? Did you just look at me slowly? <laughs> you like turned to me really slowly? Less so now, but you, you I think before you made content on the internet, you were the kind of internet commentator. Oh, oh I was the worst. Yes. I, I am become I am become death. No doubt. Okay. Uh, live long enough in this world and you will become what you what you despise. But anyways. <laughs> Um, so I was deep frying chicken fingers cause like the older one, you know, wanted to, wanted, wanted to see how yeah. chicken fingers were made. And I had showed the older one a babish video of how to make chicken fingers. And it was because he was crying. What was he crying about the other night? That was completely insane. Um, no, let's not tell. Let's not. Okay. All right. Internet. All right. That's true. <laughs> Kids get upset about things that are like, <laughs> he's like, really? That's what? If if I gave you a billion guesses, you'd never get come yeah. to it. I mean, it's just like they fixate on silly little. I'm going to tell them this one because it's it's so you know it's so he he I he asked if you need to type a lot in college, and I said, oh yeah, you know you'll type you know thirty page papers in college, mm-hmm. and then yes, he he filed that away in his worry file and <laughs> got worried got, that he wouldn't be good at typing when he's in college. I know. And so it's like hours later, he's crying because of that, because that thought has not left his mind. Bless him. Uh, and I'm like, and he, like, this kid is like really compute, like instinctively computer literate. Like this, this is a kid who like can figure anything out technologically if, as long as he's alone with it mm-hmm. and he will totally figure it out. But he didn't believe me. So I had to distract him with something. And I was like, hey, so you were curious where chicken fingers come <laughs> from? What's the first chicken figure video that I can find really easily? Oh, Babish, that's a safe bet, right? Um, so I played him the, the Babish chicken fingers video, which is, you know, terrific as, as all that mm-hmm. stuff is. And then, uh, yeah, he wanted to make chicken fingers. So we made chicken fingers and like, oh, Oh my god, the kitchen was a wreck, and but they like, were so good. <laughs> they were good, but not. They were not worth it. They and were really good. I okay. never saw the kitchen, so I don't know. <laughs> I literally never saw any of it. So, <laughs> well, that would explain it. <laughs> so to me, they were worth it. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, when the little one didn't eat much of it, mm. like I was, that made me upset. 
and it wouldn't have made me upset if it oh, was like a yeah. thing from you know a bag that you bag. threw down on the plate. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it so not only has it sort of reminded me of, of cooking for the kids. Not only has that reminded me of a lot of my like core principles as mm-hmm. a cooking content creator about like keeping it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. It's also just like. I can't put it this way, but honestly, I feel like this is one of the messages I was, I was put here to deliver. You know, this is the gospel that I was sent to preach, and the gospel is lower your expectations. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'll be honest. I don't with you, know why you can't say that out loud. I made for- the kids spaghetti recently, and I used jar sauce because it was. I think it was like they had. It was. Piano lessons, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to boil some noodles and pour some jar sauce over it. And it's not just in cooking, but it's especially in cooking. Expectations have gotten ridiculously out of control. Well, I think, I mean, especially from a mom perspective, there's so many messages out there about like, you know, feeding what you feed your kids and what's in it and, you know, how tied to how much you love them and yeah. how smart do you want them to be. And first of all, I just think all of that is fear-mongering horse shit. Yeah. But And when dads do it, like when I like get, you know, the bag of frozen things and put it into the tabletop convection oven, uh, you know, it's like, oh, dumb, big dumb dad's just doing his best isn't it endearing. But when moms do it, at least in our culture, it's, it's like, just like- You're cutting corners. Yeah. Don't you love them? How dare you? Yeah. But honestly, like- it has never one single time mattered what was on the plate in those. It's that we sat down and they told us about their day. Yeah. Like, so, and that, I don't care if they eat it or not. It's been a delight to sit down with them and hear about their day. And yeah. Right. And as we talk, I mean, I have a whole podcast episode about uh, picky eating with the technical term being food neophobia. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, basically the, the the research literature indicates that almost nothing you could do really works. They just have to kind of grow out of it. And some people never do. And that's mm-hmm. just what happens. But, you know, one of the few things that works a little bit is exposing people to a small amount of a new food, a little bit at a time, repeatedly over yeah. and over and over again, they eat one bite. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, a swip, a switch flips in the brain where the brain is satisfied that this isn't poison. You know, it's like, well, we've had this a little bit at a time, 25 times now, and we're not dead yet. Yeah. So we are evolved to find this okay now. And And that's how we, I like the broccoli several times. It was little bites with like the worst yuck faces you've ever seen. And then the last time we had it, I was like, hey, can you finish your broccoli? Fully expecting the answer to be no. And he ate it all. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. And I got to... The big thing for me was letting go of them not eating a very big dinner, right? Yeah. Because I used to just get, I used, and I think it's legitimate to be more freaked out about this when they're babies and stuff. Like they, yeah, they got to eat, you know. But like now, it's just like if you know, if they don't really eat, if they only eat, you know, fifty calories for their dinner, that's their choice, and they're going to be fine. Yeah. Like they're not. I mean, they're not going to starve. And when they get hungry later that night, I say, well, you should have eaten more of your dinner. And we're not underfeeding them. They're fine. Okay. <laughs> they're yeah. they're fine. And like, obviously, all nutrition and health conversations about your children should begin with your personal doctor. But like, in our situation, I think... Our personal doctor was telling us to, tell us to do this years ago. They were yeah. just like, don't worry about whether or not they get 
you know, really they're three squares a day. Yeah. Like that's dumb. They're going to be fine. I was also getting real. People are so judgy when you have picky eating kids. Yes. And like if you have picky eating kids, solidarity, people mm-hmm. are so rude about it. Oh my God, they act like you have personally failed that child. Like, do you think I want to be feeding him chicken nuggets for every meal? I do not. I'm doing the best I can here. And like, please don't make this worse by sitting across the table from my child and being like, why are you eating And then looking at me like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a garbage And mother. they always look at you, yeah. not at me, even <laughs> though I am equally at fault 100%, maybe even, you know, no, a I little mean, more than. 50-50, but like, it's just, also, also, mm. there is no one more sure of how to raise children than a person who has never had one. Yep. You can take that opinion and put it <laughs> somewhere else. Somewhere else. And put it Sir in your bag madam. and kick rocks. No, yeah. Because I, I mean, when I, before I had kids, I was like, oh, I'll sit down with my children every day and I will make them a meal and we will always have dinner together. And- Do you remember that like vegetable puree machine that you got in advance of the first baby because you were like i am gonna hand make all of the baby food for this baby i know and i made it a i think i made it a couple couple of times no 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 i made it a few months because you could freeze it (laughs) um and then then those pouches i was like oh i could just give them a pouch of pureed vegetables is great yeah um yeah Lower your expectations <laughs> it's all about be dinner, fine. your own dinner. <laughs> like, just chill. Just make food that people want to eat. Your kids, you, whatever. It's fine. And if all you I'm feel saying, like eating jar sauce, eat jar sauce. A box of craft blue with like yeah. with some with a good vegetable with it, and lots of that vegetable. Because you'll nice. usually if you, if you only have a starch and a vegetable, you're going to end up eating way more vegetables mm-hmm. than you would normally, which is good anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know. You know, very, very few people within the sound of my voice, particularly me, needs to be like necessarily eating more food, but I would love to kind of, you know, just recalibrate the balance of the categories. And that's Mm. one reason why I enjoy Magic Spoon (laughs) Cereal, sponsor of this episode. Uh, I'm looking here at the Honey Nut one, which um, I really like the Honey Nut one. Uh, It's an absolute delight, but they have so many flavors. And in fact, the uh, limited edition flavors of the month are uh, oatmeal cookie and chocolate chip cookie, right? So what Magic Spoon is, for people who don't know, is a cereal that is made out of, well, in place of the grain, which would usually be corn or rice or occasionally wheat or oats uh, in, you know, your, your typical breakfast cereal. Instead of instead of having grain and being based upon grain, uh, it's based upon basically protein powder, like milk, milk a, a milk protein blend that they use that is the primary substance of this cereal, which are very crunchy little, you know, kind of airy, puffy O's. Uh, the texture is real close to sort of the, you know, the child cereals that you remember from years ago and that you probably don't eat very much anymore any, anymore because, you know, what adult needs to be eating a whole lot of that. So the texture is very similar and the flavor is like identical. They've got their flavor game down at Magic Spoon. It is crazy. The Honey Nut is everything that you would expect from something of that flavor description. Um, and, uh, you know, the nutritional content is just really different compared to other, other, other cereals, right? You're just going to have more protein, relatively more protein and fewer carbs, which is exactly what I'm after for most meals in my day. And so this particular one, which is the honey nut has one gram of total sugar, four net carbs, 13 grams of protein. And that's actually a little bit more sugar than what most of the other, um, 
Magic Spoon flavors have because it's Honey Nut and they wanted to use real honey. And I applaud them for that. And I applaud them for not trying to replace it with a cheaper, you know, non-nutritive sweetener. Um, but others have even uh, even less sugar. And the like particular blend of non-nutritive sweeteners that they use or, lo or low calorie sweet alternative sweeteners that they use in here uh, is one that even like Lauren can tolerate. And she often cannot tolerate her digestive system, often cannot tolerate other alternative sweeteners. And she does just fine with this. Fantastic. So get $5 off your Magic Spoon variety box at magicspoon.com slash ragusia. Um, and, you know, you've got the cocoa, you've got the fruity, the frosted, peanut butter, birthday cake, tons of ones. Fruity is probably my favorite of the of the regular flavors. But this month, the, uh, the limited edition flavors are oatmeal cookie and chocolate chip cookie. So get those while they last. Those are limited edition and they will not last, for, last forever. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, they back it up with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So use that code Ragusia, go to or go to magicspoon.com slash Ragusia, save $5 off your order today, and uh, be sure to get you know those limited edition flavors, the oatmeal cookie or the chocolate chip cookie, and uh, keep an eye out for any future flavor launches. They're always coming up with really interesting creative ones. And by the way, for the Canadians and the Brits, Magic Spoon is shipping to Canada and the UK too as well uh, now, in addition to the United States. So go to magicspoon.com slash Ragusia, $5 off your variety box of Magic Spoon cereals. And we thank you very much, the good people at Magic Spoon. Hey, so while you're here, honey. Yes. Um, I've been collecting some like questions for Lauren that people oh. have sent in. Should we try to hit a couple of those while we have some time? Sure. Okay. These are videos. I did not know about this. These are videos. So they okay. kind of, which, <laughs> which gentleman do you want? Uh, either one. Okay. Oh, he has Dio on his jacket. Oh, so yeah. He can go first. <laughs> hey, Adam. My name is Jean-Luc coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. So I just started a full-time job, and I have suddenly very little time. Um, <laughs> but before this, I had a book manuscript that I was working on that I had drummed up a lot of interest in, and now I don't have time to work on it anymore. Um, so my question to you is, uh, at what point do you think it's worth, I mean, giving up on a passion project, even if you think it might be a potential moneymaker in the future? Um, and also for Lauren, um, if you have any writing advice for, for someone who doesn't have a lot of time on their hands. Thanks. Thank you, Jean-Luc. Best name ever. Um, <laughs> so honey, when should you give up on your dreams? Never. Never. Keep going. I mean, especially books don't have an expiration date. You mm. can work on it forever. Um, I mean, the time, the timing thing or the time to write thing is something that I think about a lot because when I wrote my first five books, mm -hmm. uh, well, for the first several, I had a job, a full-time job. Um, I would work until five o'clock and then I would shut my office door and I would write for an hour and then I would come home. So I had like a dedicated quiet hour every day and I carved that out when I was on deadline. Mm -hmm. um, and let's see, I wrote, gosh, what, one, two, three, four, five, my fifth or sixth, I don't remember. Anyway, um, in the first three months uh, of our oldest son's life mm -hmm. maybe it was the second one see i don't even remember <laughs> no they, they blend in together no i think it was the first one because he would only sleep um either on me or in the car so i would get in the car and drive around until he fell asleep and then i'd pull over in the nearest parking lot and i would pull out my laptop and i would write until he woke up um so i think the best writing advice when you don't have time is to not develop any rituals related to writing 
Whoa, that's contrary to the advice <laughs> you usually get. Learn to write anywhere at any time. If it's on your phone, if it's in a notebook. So like I knew a writer who she would commute to work on the subway and she would write on her BlackBerry. This was before the subway had internet mm-hmm. underground. Um, so she would get on the subway and she would write on the subway on her BlackBerry all the way to work. And then when she'd get above ground, she'd email it herself and she wrote an entire novel that way. So cram it in wherever you can, even in little tiny bits. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet now. Can't take it back. Um, but yeah. And I don't think you should ever give up if you're enjoying it. If if it's making you miserable, then that's a different story. But if you really like it, then keep working on it. Until yeah, obviously, you're happy like, with it. because you like doing it is yeah. a good enough reason to do absolutely anything yes. as long as it is not particularly harmful to someone else <laughs> and it's not getting in the way of the, of the more urgent things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Now, Jean-Luc says that it is. Like, Jean-Luc says, like, you know, Jean-Luc is working now and doesn't have time to write. Yeah, I mean, I think you... Um, what, which may be true yeah. or it may be just that it feels that way and you just need to sort of, like, yeah. find... Sometimes it feels that way when you tell yourself that you need to sit down at your laptop and light a candle and have you know the perfect music and then and an hour of uninterrupted quiet time and yeah that's really hard to come by but if you can write you know get to work 15 minutes early and sit in your car and write for 15 minutes before you go in that's that 15 minutes adds up every day until you have a full manuscript and i I wanted to mention because i have definitely found lately um or really my whole life, but especially lately, whenever I get a creative idea, I get like, oh, I should, I could do a thing about this, or I think of a good line or, a, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a fun, a joke or something, right? Like I used to kind of think, oh, I'll, you know, that'll still be in my head later. No, no it won't be. Or I would think, well, that won't be in my head later, but something that good will be in my head later. No. And no, right? So whenever I get a good idea for anything, I, what I usually do is I just leave myself like little video memos on my phone where I just say, Hey Adam, the thing with the the thing. I have an, I have a notes app, um, note that's book ideas and it's like tens of thousands of words. Cause every time I get a book idea, I go in there and I like add to it. Yeah. Ideas are easy. So one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite like little clips that I watch on the internet. Oh, do I want to say this? Cause it's by a show that I'd have mixed feelings about. Skip it. No, no, no. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so there's, look, I'm, this is not an endorsement of the Joe Rogan program or anything having to do with wow. Joe Rogan. Okay. I don't watch the Joe Rogan program. I just happen to see this, like, uh, like you know, th- th- those clips are inescapable on the internet. <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, d- nor do I hate Joe Rogan. Like, I think Joe Rogan is a complex person and, and. Stop. Whatever. Okay, I'll stop. Stop talking about Joe Rogan. Okay, he's um, not the important part of this important story. One. So he was talking to he was talking to Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith, uh, so <laughs> who, is, was, who uh, is not in the Rolling Stones. Oh yeah. So Oops. <laughs> yeah, Aerosmith is on their farewell tour, and they're going to play Knoxville. Which, by the way, oh, that's okay. Cool. Sure. Fine. Okay. Anyways, um, but yeah, you confused. I was like, yeah, let's go see Keith let's Richards go see before Keith he Richards. dies. And Adam was like, yeah, that's the wrong band. But oh. like, like, like the correct thought, you know, in the, the right lineage, that's Be- a, that's because a, I said the Rolling Stones and then it's Aerosmith and then opening for Aerosmith was the Black Crows. And it was like grandfather, father and son. Well said. And I'm sure the, 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 the question asker with a Dio patch on the jacket is going to appreciate that. So that's yeah. great. Um, so that, that one's for you, Jean-Luc. <laughs> um, and it's also like, you weren't wrong. Like, so this, I, you know, when I make mistakes on the internet, which I do all the time, like factual mistakes, 
like what I I make an effort to correct them like really prominently mm-hmm. if I got the idea wrong. If like the overall idea is just like wrong, mm-hmm. okay? If it, if I got like a minor fact within the idea wrong, but the idea, the overall big picture was correct, like, you know, people in the comments catch them. If it's a big thing, I might say something, but I don't make a big deal out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, your your idea that we should go see Aerosmith before Keith Richards dies, <laughs> like you've got, you've got a fact wrong, yeah. right? Because you- you know, but like you could say the exact same thing about Steven Tyler, okay? Yeah. And Joe Perry. Don't let Joe Perry fool you just because he's had his abs etched. Like that guy is, you know, that that guy is a. He's still got those lips. Are they good? I think so. Oh, okay. If I'm picturing him correctly. Anywho, so Steven Tyler, like on when he's on the Joe Rogan program, I love this clip. Like he talks about how him and, and Joe Perry, the guitar player in Aerosmith, would, you know, they'd get blasted all the time in the 70s. And like, and Joe Perry would just like, like, you know, walk this way. Don't, you know, uh, what what's another iconic one, you know, um. Dream Lo- on. Yeah, love in an elevator. No, that's that's sweet emotion. But anyway, yeah. you know, like all of those like genre defining riffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like Steven Tyler said that like Joe Perry would just get blasted and those would just pour out of him and most of them just evaporated into the ether. And eventually Steven Tyler got his, you know, was sober for long enough to buy a tape recorder oh and he would occasionally like hold it in front of Joe Perry. And then, you know, the riff for walk this way would come out. But like, yeah. think of all of the ones that Joe Perry had that are just lost to drugs and alcohol. Right. So this is why it's important to like, whenever inspiration strikes you, you know, even if you if you're at work and you can't write, like just pull out your phone and talk into it for two seconds and save yeah. that idea for later. Yeah, type a note on your phone, write on the back of a receipt. Yeah, but the bigger question that Jean Luc is asking is like, at what point do you do you throw in the towel on a creative aspiration that doesn't seem like it's going to be your career? Um, and it's and let's assume that it's it's. You don't really have the time to do it. You know, it's distracting you from other things, more pressing things. I think it's not about, I have to stop this forever. It's recognizing that there are seasons and maybe this isn't the season for something, but that doesn't mean you can't come back to it or rediscover it. And so putting it aside is not the same thing as quitting. Yeah, without a doubt. So... If you like it, don't ever quit. I've virtually put music aside in my life for, you know, years and years and years and years. And then, you know, seasons changed. I got my drum set because I finally (laughs) got a house with a room in it that could accommodate a drum set where I wouldn't make other people crazy. Yeah. And I'm just having the time of my life learning to play the drums. Like it is so much fun. And the better, the best thing about it is that now I'm old enough and frankly, accomplished enough as you will be too, Jean-Luc at some point, most likely just sort of settled, established enough in my life that like, you know, when I don't play well, cause I have no rhythm, like it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fun. It's for fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe some publishable product project will come out of it at some point, but it doesn't have to be like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a thing to hit. You can hit a thing that also makes fun music. Like what, what's, what's better than that? Yeah, that's how I feel about writing. It's like sometimes I just want to disappear and re- and make up fun stories where it's like playing Barbies, make the people do what I want them to do and make the things turn out the way I want them to turn out. Yeah. That's fun. 
And by the way, like if I had if I had listened to my instinct to put away childish things and just kind of get on with the real work of life, I would never have done the things that led me to doing what I do now for a career, right? Yeah. And you were on me for years yeah. about doing things that could have opened up the door to the career like I uh, that I have now. I say to you all the time, if I, you know, if five years ago I had said to you, you should do a cooking channel on YouTube, mm -hmm. you would have blown me off. Someone's awake. Okay, hold on. I got to go. Check. All right. Okay. No, I, I, it's easier for me to get out. I'll Are do you it. Sure? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, that's taken care of. Okay. So you were saying that uh, if you had told me to start an internet cooking show. Oh, yeah. You never would have done it. You would have blown me off. Yeah. Because I would have been like, oh, there's a million of that those. That can't work. That can't work. And I always used to tell you, it's not about the idea itself. It's about what you bring to it. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. No, without a doubt, personality and sort of you know, style of presentation is mm. probably the most, well, no. The most important thing is that you're talking about something that people care about. Second most important thing is that they like you. And if they like you, and you seem like a likable character, Jean-Luc, um, I think that- Then they'll want to read your stories. They're going to want to read your stories, you know? So don't give up. And then the last thing I want to say is that I don't want to presume anything about you or your life or anything. All, I, I, all, all we will tell you is that once- Back when we were childless, we now know that we just frittered away time. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we were drowning in an ocean of time. I'm so much more productive now that I have. Oh, okay. I take that back. Okay. When I worked a full-time job, I wrote way more than mm. when I didn't. Now that I write full-time, oh, I really? write way less. Okay. I, for me, it was like having finite forcing myself to use the available time i right. run for now yes. that i have oceans of time it seems like i can always do it later right and so yeah so the point is is that um i would encourage anyone listening to to tr truly interrogate like do you not have time or is it just that the time is tight and to if the answer is time is tight tr I would try embracing tight time. Mm -hmm. I have definitely found tight time to be very useful at many times in my life mm -hmm. that it, it increases productivity across the board to be tightly scheduled, more mm -hmm. tightly scheduled than your typical childless resident of a highly developed country, you know? Mm -hmm. But though, of course, there are innumerable exceptions and I'm not presuming anything about any particular person. We're just saying to you that we realized once we had kids, how, mu how many more hours there are in a day yeah. Um, than what it felt like before. And that, that fundamentally is a good realization. Mm. You know? Should, do you have any other questions for Lauren or me? Ask Adam questions at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being here. And uh, good, good luck on all of your endeavors. Make good choices. <laughs>